Last week, we started a new series we called Thinking Outside the Box. And, you know, our desire in this series is to grow in our thinking. We're limited to the level of our thinking. And many are trapped in their thinking. And what I mean is they're trapped inside the box. Now, we mentioned last week, what is the box? What is this box we're talking about? What is thinking in the box? Well, the box stifles our imagination. The box stifles our imagination. The box comes with pre-measured limitations. The box itself is a certain size. It's fixed. It cannot be expanded. When thinking inside the box, what we're saying is you cannot imagine bigger. You cannot imagine more. You cannot imagine increase. So what does that result in? It results in our options in life being very, very limited. Very, very limited. Let me give you an example. Let's say someone is going through a financial problem. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? At some point in your life, okay, maybe you're going through one right now, but at some point in your life, you've gone through a financial problem, and if you haven't, you will. (laughs) I mean, it's just part of life. And in that, the money outflow, let's say in this particular problem, the money outflow is exceeding the money income. Now, how many know that causes a problem, doesn't it? If your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. You ought to write that down. Seriously, write it down. Okay, say it again. The, if your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. Everybody, do I need to say it again? If your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. In other words, if you are having a financial problem and there's less money coming in than there is going out, you cannot maintain your status. That's what it means. Your upkeep will be your downfall. What do you have to do? You have to reduce spending or increase income, one or the other. But if you try to maintain the same level of lifestyle... Your upkeep will be your downfall. Why I remember that, man, I remember my old pastor saying that probably 35 years ago. And it's still inside me. It's just like I remember the first mission trip I took. And we learned what a friend we have in Jesus. And I can still sing the song in Spanish like it was yesterday. And I'm like, man. And I remember certain key phrases like, donde está el baño? Where is the bathroom? You need to know that if you're going to go in a foreign field. It's like I still remember these things. You know, you get certain things in you and you repeat them enough. They just stay with you. They just stay in your spirit and you just have them. But what we're talking about is let's say that financial problem. Okay, the outflow is beginning or about to exceed the income. Now, if someone has in-the-box thinking, what I mean by in-the-box thinking is limited thinking Well, they're finding a solution to that problem is very limited. They're going to be limited to, well, what did we do before? How did we react before? Or they might immediately go to their go-to response, borrow money. They're very limited in how they look at the problem. And, And I'll be honest with you, isn't life a series of problems that you're finding solutions for? That's really what life is. Life, your day-to-day life is a series of problems that present themselves 
and you're finding solutions for them. Now, some of them you just do because you've done it so many times, you know how to handle that kind of thing. But there are people who, who, let's say, run into a financial problem like this, and they get stuck. They don't know that there might be other options. As a pastor, God will use me to speak in someone's life, and it's so, it never ceases to amaze me that if somebody comes to me with a problem, okay, they come to me with a challenge, <laughs> I can come up with 150 answers, it seems like, to solve that problem. And they're like, because they can only find one or two. And why? Well, they were inside that box, so to speak. They're, they're in this thing, and I only know to do this. That's why they feel trapped. That's why they feel cornered by the problem. And that is exactly what the devil wants to happen in your life. He wants to push you into a corner to get you to shut up and stop pursuing all these things. If he can put enough pressure on you and you are limited in your thinking, he will put you in that corner. He will, so to speak, knock you down and try to keep you down. Well, the reality is all you have to do is take the box off. All you have to do is realize, wait a minute now, my God is unlimited. How many would agree? There's no limitations on my God. Therefore, if he's my God and I am his child, what does that say about me? There's no limitations. There's no area that limits me from solving a problem or a challenge, but I have to change my thinking in order to think like that. That's why we are to renew our mind to God's Word. God's Word blows past our feeble limitations. God's Word puts us in a place that puts us past that so that we can grow in not only in our thinking but in our believing. Because all things are possible to those who say it. Believe. You all know that. But sometimes it seems like in the middle of a problem you forget it. You'll say, well, I just don't know what to do. I, uh, this is my only option. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said? Who said? There's a zillion ways that God could fix a problem. What I'm trying to say is God is unlimited, but we will be limited by our thinking no matter how big God is. You understand that? Let's look a little closer. I, I remember quoting Albert Einstein last week. Thinking like we always have is what got us where we are. It is not going to get us where we are going. So in other words, if we're going to go to a different place than we are now, if we're going to change, then we have to change our thinking. We cannot think the same old way. That will keep you in a rut if you just continually think the same way. Thinking inside the box limits your creative ability. Your ability to think beyond your conditioned responses to a problem. This is the way we've always done it, is in-the-box thinking. Why don't you just take off the box and blow it out <laughs> and say, hey, I'm going to not be restricted in my thinking. I'm not going to be restricted on how I can come up with an answer to this problem or find a solution or even just think bigger than I am now. Inside the box, thinking is limited. It's limited to this. For example, it will say things like I said a moment ago, this is the way we've always done it. Now, more of you than you realize go to that. You don't consciously say to yourself, this is the way we've always done it. But what's your first answer to a problem? You begin to go back in the files and think, well, how did I handle something similar before? 
Or maybe I heard someone else answered it this way. And you seem to get stuck on it. (laughs) You seem to just, I can't move past, this is the only solution. For some in a financial problem, the only solution they can come up with is borrowing. The only solution they come up with is selling something. The only solution, well, there are hundreds of ways to work around the situation. But the reality is if you don't increase your thinking, you're not going to see it that way. We can't come up with a solution that we've not encountered before. Some people get stuck right there. If I've never encountered the situation before, my brain in that that thinking, that box... (laughs) Till, till I don't know what to do. I'm just stuck right here. Now, sometimes when they're stuck right here, this is what they say. The problem is too big, so let's quit now before the problem gets bigger. Do you hear what I said? They're already paddling. <laughs> you know, you're already, you know, you're going under. So you say, I'm just going to quit now before the problem gets bigger. <laughs> In other words, you're just admitting defeat right there. Or they might be thinking, We are not capable of solving the problem. Therefore, it can't be solved. And they stop. And they don't go any further than that. Or we can't do that. Maybe they want to do something that's bigger than where they are, and right off the bat, no, can't have that. Can't do that. Can't have that. I remember uh, sharing with you guys about the chairs that I bought that I really love. A couple of years ago, the last kid moved out. My, my son was getting married, and he was moving out, and I'm thinking, we are changing the house. And so my wife and I decided to buy all new furniture for the living room and some other things when he moved out. And uh, what I said was I, I, I would give him what we had, and uh, he was all for that. But while we were shopping, we went out to the store, and I, was, I really, really loved this one chair. Oh, did I love it. It was like when I sat in it, it was like a glove. And I don't mean some cushy, lazy boy. I don't like that. I just meant it, it for me, when I sat in it, for my height, my body, when I sat in it, it was like this thing was handmade for me. It was like a captain's chair you'd see on the Starship Enterprise, man. It just fit me perfectly. It was like Ken's chair. It said it right on there in my mind. And, and I'm looking at that, but there was one problem, okay? The chair was really expensive compared to anything I've ever spent on a chair. I mean, I'm looking at thinking, oh, oh. I kept on looking at it, staring at it, sitting in it, but I couldn't get over the price. I couldn't do it. I'm just like, man. And so, and I was going to buy two of them, one for Lisa and I, you know, and, and she liked it a lot, but I just like, man. So I'm, I, I would go over here, and I'm thinking, well, this thing is on sale, and it's a nice chair. And it, and it, and it was a nice one. It even had features the other one didn't have, but it just wasn't that one when I sat in it. But it was acceptable. It was nice, okay? You know, it was all leather. It was really, really sharp, and it was a, a good deal, and it was a good deal. And so when we finally settled on the sofa and this and that and so on and so forth, and I'm stuck with the chair thing, I'm... I, I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, I, I'm like, ah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with these. And we bought a matching set of those chairs. And it was okay. And when we got them in the house, and maybe we're watching a show or I'm reading a book, I'd sit in it. And all I would think about was the other chair. 
And, I, and it, so what I'm saying is, is, I'm sitting in this chair. It's a nice chair. Most people would say, wow, that's a really nice chair. My, my foot just hung off the edge just a little bit more than I like. And I, I just didn't like the way it sat. And, and, uh, and it was nice. It was one of these motion things you could control. You know, it, it's a nice chair. We were going back to that store for something else she wanted. I don't remember what it was, a lamp or something okay, to, to finish off the set. And this was maybe, I don't know, four or five months later. And I had paid for everything. And then I walked by Ken's chair. And I walked by the chair and I'm thinking, Lisa, they're still here. Man, I'd sat in it. Oh, I love this chair. I just love this chair. I'd go back and forth and my wife would say, why don't you just buy the chair? You obviously like this chair. You know, why don't you just buy the set? And I'm like, oh, Lisa, look at the price tag. I mean, it was almost three times as much as that other one. It wasn't cheap. And, I, and it didn't have any fancy stuff, just a normal gear thing. But man, it was cool looking. I loved it. It sat right. It was just everything. And we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, and I remember I didn't do anything. And then we went back to that store for my daughter for something. It was a couple months later. And guess what? Ken's chair is still sitting there. And I walked by and I, I sat in that thing again. And I kept on thinking about the other chair because they had one just like it. So I could go sit in it. Eh, it's okay. I go sit in you know, my chair over here. Oh, this is wonderful. And I started thinking about what was my problem with these chairs. Now, I had the money. That wasn't an issue. I had the money. The issue is, can I think that big? I was trapped by thinking small. Now, some people might have thought the chair over here, they'd say, oh, God, I would never spend that much money on a chair. If they don't sell it at some knockoff retail hole-in-the-wall place, you know, I'm not buying one. And some people would have a problem with spending that on the other one. And this one, here it is almost three times as much. And I I started thinking, Lord, how in the world am I going to grow my thinking if I'm stuck on something I really want but I won't do? Lisa said, just do it. You know you want to. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to. I'm just going to do it. And boy, I love that chair. That's my chair. In, In fact... Lisa changed the living room when Conchetta moved in. And so the spare is in my office at home. So I got my chair in there and I got my chair out in the living room in front of the TV and other places. It's wonderful. I mean, I, it's, it's mine. It's nice. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it fits me perfectly. And I, I think about that. In fact, when my son comes over and he plops himself in there, I give him the evil eye. Be gentle in my chair. But what I'm trying to say is I had to think bigger. Now, you might say, well, how does that relate to things? Well, how am I going to think about giving God $10,000 if I keep on uh, at 1000 or 500 or or 100 And see, some people, they do. They're like, dear God, I can't even imagine writing a check for the work of the ministry for that amount of money. Well, then you're never going to get there. You see, you'll never go past your thoughts. And if your thoughts are choking, if your thoughts are limited, you're stuck. You have to expand it. Remember I told you about the preacher that had to grow in his thinking, and what did he do in his weekends? Remember, he would, or in his free time, the little bit he had, what did he do? He went to places that he couldn't afford. He went to look at houses that, why? He was dreaming. 
He was trying to get to where he could picture himself living there. In, in other words, that led to what? Other things in his life increasing. But if I can't imagine it, I can't do it. Remember our scripture last week, Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And then we have Proverbs, the same scripture, but in the New American Standard. I really like the way this says it. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. As he thinks within himself, so he is. You can't get around it. So in other words, every part of creation, God made or man made, started with what? A thought. Everything. Now God obviously thinks bigger than we do. (laughs) But you know that our faith works the same way His does? Our, Our capacity is like Him. We are made in His image. But what we have to do is grow in our thinking. So in other words, If we are limited in our thinking, small thinking, then we are limited in what we can do, create or change. Let me say that again. If we're small thinking, if we're limited in our thinking, then we're limited in what we can do, create or change. You can't go past it. So we have to grow. You'll never go beyond your imagination. So our imagination, as we talked about, is the key to thinking outside the box. As we said last week, if we change our thoughts... Our actions will change, which will result in real change. You thinking something doesn't change anything. But you'll never act on something beyond your thinking. So if you begin to think bigger, your actions will respond to bigger, therefore you'll see bigger. See that? And just changing your mind. This isn't some, if you think it, it will become. No. But if you, you, you're not going to confess something beyond your imagination. And it is what? In the action of releasing our faith that brings something to pass, right? That reaches into the spirit realm and pulls it into this natural realm where we can use it, where it's a blessing. But you're not going to be able to go past your thinking. You're you're, you're not going to be able to reach in beyond that. So we want to grow. And that's why we want to grow. We want to take God's word and increase our capacity to believe to imagine, to expect. You know, several years ago, I knew someone that wanted to take some family members on a vacation. And their heart was in the right place. They wanted to be a blessing. But at the time, they didn't have a lot of money. And they didn't really have much at all. But they wanted to really be a blessing to some relatives. And so what they did was they, they had so much money and they we're going to try to spread it out over many days, like four or five days. But within that, they would be scratching to get things done. In other words, yeah, we've, we've, we've got the vacation for five days, but we really can't afford much. We can't do things. How many know when you take kids anywhere on a vacation, they're going to ask for stuff? Who needs a vacation? Just take them to Walmart. But if you take them on a vacation, what's going to be there? You go to amusement park, what are they going to throw in the kids' faces? Ice cream, right? What I'm saying is there's other things to spend money on. There's games, right? Well, how many of you know it's not a fun vacation? You have to say no, 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 no. So you got them there and basically just kind of rub their noses in the fact that you can't do other things. Now, my suggestion to this person was, instead of going the four or five days, 
why don't you just go a couple of days but have a lot of fun? So instead of having to say no, you can say yes to virtually everything. Now, it doesn't seem as long, but is that not thinking bigger than trying to think small by stretching it out being all poverty-driven? Everybody see the difference there? There's a big difference, okay? There's a lot of people think, well, I'll just stretch it out, but the reality is now you're not enjoying yourself. Now you're having to say no to everything. Now you can't do anything. Well, that's not a fun vacation, especially when kids are involved. That's not fun to them to say no all the time. It gives you joy and pleasure to watch them have a great time. That you made a memory, not of poverty, but of really enjoying themselves. Well, that whole thing was just a matter of thinking. Thinking differently. Expanding the way I look at it. Well, that person did just that and they had a great time. I mean, they, they really had a good time. But the reality is, is we need to understand that we need to think bigger. I remember there were times in my life that certain things that I would do or travel or, or such, I could not even, I would love the idea of doing that, but nah, it's too big for me. I can't do that. That's just, nah, it's just not a reality. I mean, look at how much money I make and look at this or that. Or some people just have a problem because the devil will say, now you could give that money away to the poor. You could do this. That's a lie. The devil doesn't want you giving it away to anybody. Okay, but he'll tell you what you need to hear at the moment to shut you up. But then when you try to give it to the poor, he'll say, well, what about you and your needs? All of a sudden he shifts. That's the devil. But, but anyway, what I'm trying to say is, is that I realize, wait a minute now, I'm only limited by what I can imagine. Ephesians 3.20 lines up with that. That if I can imagine, God wants to do big in my life. God wants to do huge in your life. He wants to take you to places you've never, I don't mean just do things, I mean be able to give and bless and buy and do in your life. But the reality is, is that he is limited by what you can think. And so that's why we need to, again, expand our thinking. Now, I, I want to jump a different direction here real quick. Again, we're talking about increase. We're talking about expectation or building expectation for increase, to think bigger, to not be limited by thinking inside the box. Now, everybody say this with me. Expecting is good. Say it again. Expecting is good. Now, what is expecting expecting from our realm getting into the word of god we're believing god right we're we're trusting the word of god expecting is faith mixed with hope that's what expecting is expecting is faith mixed with hope let me give you an example god's word promises good health prosperity and general well-being Therefore, if I believe the word of God, what am I doing? I'm expecting it in my life. If you're not expecting, you're not in faith. And if you're not in faith, you're in sin, the Bible says. Do you realize you're required to use your faith, to exercise your faith? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. We are to breathe by faith, dream by faith, drink by faith, eat by faith, talk by faith, walk by faith. Faith, 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 faith. In what? In his word. In his word. Well, what we need to do is increase our faith. Where does faith come from? Some of you aren't sure. 
Where does faith come from? By hearing and hearing what? Faith in God's word comes from faith, hearing the word of God. Well, what am I doing? I'm hearing the word of God and the promise of God that builds what in me? An expectation for what it is that I want. I want what the Word of God offers. So if I build my faith, what am I doing? I'm expecting the Word of God to work in my life. That means I'm expecting health. I'm expecting financial increase. I'm expecting these. If you're not expecting things, if you're just living day to day, and you say, oh, yes, I'm a faith man. Yes, I believe the Word of God. But you're not really expecting. Ask yourself, what am I expecting today? If you can't answer it, you're really not in faith. It's that, it's that simple. I mean, sometimes we try to make faith so mysterious. Faith is simply taking God's word at his promises, building it up in your heart by confessing it, and then believing God that that thing, that that promise that he offered me will come to pass in my life. That's really what it comes down to. It's that simple. But if I'm not expecting something to come to pass, then I'm really not in faith. Amen? I mean, you really got to think about that for a little bit. Now, another word for expect is to anticipate. In other words, to look forward to or imagine. That's what anticipating is. So what we're encouraging you to do is imagine greater. Anticipate greater things in your life. God is a big God, and He's a good God, and He wants bigger things in your life. Now, Jeremiah 29, 11, a real, you don't need to turn there, but just real quickly. Jeremiah 29, 11, most of you are familiar. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. All right? To give you a future and a hope. Now, first of all, it's good to know God's thinking about us, isn't it? Amen? The fact, Psalm 139 says he's thinking about us all the time, continually. And so it's good to know that. But what is he thinking about us in regards to what? Well, the Bible says that his thoughts are of peace toward us. Okay? His thoughts are of peace. Now, that word peace means far more than just quiet and comfortable. If you look it up in Hebrew, that word peace is translated shalom. Now, this is what God's thoughts are toward you continually your safety your well-being your happiness he wants you uh, friendly good life-giving good health prosperity peace favor in your life in other words he wants your life his thoughts towards you regarding your life are for you to be 100 percent healthy whole and prosperous now to be honest with you if we really start looking at ourselves and how we think God is thinking about us, we don't always think that way. That's where we need to renew our mind, to think, this is how God sees me. This is what God wants for me. He wants me healthy. He wants me strong. He wants me prosperous more than I want it. That's what his thoughts are toward me all the time. Now, another way of saying this is nothing missing, nothing broken almost perfect everything is where it needs to be in your life that's what god's thoughts are toward you so god has a future for you and i now listen carefully okay he said he had a future and hope for us right so god has a future for you and i doesn't it seem reasonable to assume that if we are to look forward to the future that it would be better than the present 
Why would I look forward to the future if it's not better than the present? Right? Y'all with me on that? In other words, the future has to be better than where I'm at now for me to look forward to it, to anticipate it, to expect it. Now think about that for a moment. Why would God offer hope for the future if it could not potentially be greater than what we've already experienced? God is all about growth. He's all about increase. That's who he is. Everything he touches, everything he's around is full of life and light and increase. Everything. Now, let's look a little closer at that scripture we talked about. Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm going to read the King James Version. Okay, It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, that's the key here. To give you an expected end. Now that word expected translated from Hebrew means this, and I love this. The thing that I long for. The thing that I long for. In other words, to give you the thing that you long for. So God says, I, I, I have a future and a hope for you. I desire you to be well and safe and prosperous and healthy and so on and so forth. And I want you to have the thing that you long for. Now, isn't the thing we long for always out in the future? It's all where we're looking for something better, right? Think about that. The thing we long for. Don't we long for better, for increase? Don't we long for growth in our life? Don't we want to accomplish more for the Lord? Don't we want to impact more lives? Yes, of course we do. So I don't know about you, but I want to grow in the Lord. I want to increase the kingdom of God. I want to increase my faith and grow in my relationship with the Lord. So let's review what we kind of learned tonight. This is what we want to get in our thinking. God is constantly thinking about you, and he's constantly thinking about your safety, your wellness, favor, good health, and prosperity to give you a brighter future, the thing you long for. That's how we need to, we need to get in our thinking that God has bigger for us. That God has something greater than where I'm at right now. It's around the corner. It's a little further. And then when I get there, what am I doing? I'm expecting greater. And I'm expecting, I'm growing. I'm growing. I'm growing in what? I'm growing in my giving. I'm growing in my love for God and my love for other people. I'm growing in my service. I'm growing in blessing. I'm growing in every aspect of my life. I'm constantly growing. But again, if we have that box in, the box, remember, is a certain size. You cannot grow past it. You're going to start hitting the sides, and it's as far as you can go. And that's where a lot of people in life stop. They stopped right there. And that's why you don't see anything greater in their life. Because they stopped. They stopped growing. If you stop growing in your thinking, if you stop increasing in your thinking, then you stop. That's right where you're going to be for the rest of your life. You're not going to go any further than that. If you can't imagine it, you can't do it. But if you can imagine it, <laughs> listen to me, all things are possible for those who believe. There's nothing impossible. There's nothing that can't be done. Amen? Not through our power. It's God's power. It's his ability. But we cannot go past where we can think. And that's why God encourages us to get in his word. To begin to think bigger. Think about Joseph, for example, in the Bible. Joseph, 17 years old. He's a young punk 
who obviously has a mouth on him because he couldn't keep a secret if his life depended on it. And he says things he probably shouldn't say in probably an arrogant way. Look who I'm going to (laughs) be. You're going to bow before me, you know. Well, that didn't go over very well, did it? But see, God had great plans for Joseph, didn't he? Great plans. He would be the salvation to his family. God would use him in a mighty, mighty way. I mean to be second next to the most powerful man in Egypt from just some punk kid. And he would save his family. He would, God would do great things. And not only that, but help another nation on top of it. Now think about this for a moment. Did, did Joseph not need to grow in his thinking? See, he knew God wanted to do something, but he wasn't ready for it. It took 12 years, guys. And a lot of the time, it looked like we were going in the wrong direction. I imagine the first time he ended up, you know, sold as a slave or ended up in prison, (laughs) thinking, Lord, this isn't quite how I envisioned things. Now, did he do right most of the time? Yes. I mean, he did the right thing. He He honored God. The Bible doesn't talk much about his relationship with the Lord, but it's evident he had one. His life showed it. Everywhere he went, God prospered him. Well, God doesn't do that with someone who's doing wrong. So obviously, he loved the Lord. He always tried to do the right thing, but he was growing. Eventually, he came to the point in his life, his thinking was big enough that God said, now it's time. Now it's time. And brought him to a whole nother level that really stretched him. But the reality is, is that that didn't happen overnight. It's not going to happen overnight over you. But little by little, amen, here a little, there a little, here a little, there a little, we begin to grow and develop. And we look back and think, man, man, I didn't know what I was doing two years ago. And I mean, I'm a lot older in the Lord than when I started. I mean, the, the amount of years. But I can look back sometimes at six months thinking, where was I? Wow, have things changed. And see, that ought to constantly be happening in our life. We never want to reach the point that we're just going to start growing moss. And we stop and we're done. Amen? I don't know about you. I want to grow. How about you? How many of you want to grow? you got to do the work to grow. It isn't going to happen by osmosis. You can't say, I came to church. It ain't going to happen that way. You have to do the work. You have to do the That's why you're so blown away by some of the great men and women of God we can read about. Look at the great things they did. But what you don't know is... They did the work. I mean, they got in the Word. They, did, they weren't just talking about it on the surface. And we love to talk about it on the surface, but until you get it in your heart and in your mind, it ain't going to do any good. So how about this week we do the work? How many of you guys want to grow? I'm serious. You want to grow? Then do the work. Then get in there. This week, make a point. Memorize these Scriptures. Now, the Scriptures, if you want to write them down again, were Psalm 115, 12 through 16. Ephesians 3.20, I'm going to give you another one to add to it. John 10.10 and the Amplified. The Amplified says, Jesus said that He came that we may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Does that sound like barely getting by? No. So Jesus said what? I want you to overflow in life. More than enough. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And so I'm going to leave it right there.